Check mic check one two. What is up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Locker Room Podcast. I'm your host Wyatt Lister, and today we have a very special guest, Alex Glenn. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Alex, just really quickly, briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, hi, I'm Alex Glenn. I'm from San Diego, California. I'm a freshman here at Chapman University, and I play on the soccer team. All right, let's get started. Alex, how did you get introduced to soccer? Uh, I got introduced to soccer very, very young. My dad played college soccer at TCU. So from the beginning, it wasn't really a question whether I'd play soccer or not. He kind of just threw me into soccer, and from there it took off. He put a ball at my feet when I was very, very young, and without a doubt, I mean, I would not be playing soccer today if it wasn't for my dad. For sure. What other sports did you play growing up? I played almost every sport. Um, I think being a multi-sport athlete definitely helps you in your main sport. So I played football growing up. I played basketball growing up. I played baseball growing up. Um, and I think all three of those really helped and allowed me to become the best soccer player I could become. I have a natural love for all sports now because of it. And playing sports growing up was the best decision I could have made. Were you always a goalie in soccer? No. So I started out as a center back. And a year in, I, I hated running. I told my dad, like, I'm done. I can't do this. Like, running's not my thing. So he's like, you know what? Why don't you try out goalie? Moved to goalie. And since then, I've never turned back. It's really it's just been my thing. I'm able to use like what I learned from the other sports and really benefit in this sport, especially with hand-eye coordination and athleticism and all that. Being a goalie, I think, is probably one of the best things, especially when it comes to playing football. What position did you play in football? Yeah, so freshman year, I played football, uh, and I played quarterback, and then quit. And senior year, I came back to it, and I played receiver and corner. Um, and immediately, you could tell like goalie was had a huge impact on me in football just defensively going up for balls and interceptions and stuff like that and then offensively jump balls and everything I mean it was it was literally like I was just basically playing goalie out there in a way being physical and going up for balls just like I do in soccer oh yeah for sure did you just play football and soccer in high school uh yeah so I played baseball my whole life up until ninth grade Oh, really? um, and then I decided to quit just because I wanted to put more of my focus towards football and soccer and I felt like those were the two things that I would be best at and Baseball was fun, but it was something I was never, like, insane at. I was kind of a bottom-of-the-lineup hitter type type scenario. I got you. So you went to uh, La Jolla Country Day in San Diego. Yes, yes, I did. How well-known is your soccer program there? Um, I would say our school is definitely more well-known academically, um, We and we have great sports. Uh, our soccer, my senior year, we were not as good, but freshman through junior year, we were great. Uh, we made playoffs each year we made it far my freshman year we were in the cif semis sophomore year cif quarters uh and junior year cif quarters i mean it was a great being a part of such a great team uh i mean when everything's clicking there's nothing more fun than winning i mean they, it was really just nothing better than that so for reference the loyal country day has an insane athletic talent pool i don't know if you knew this i found this on the website when i looked it up you guys have seven alumni competing professionally across multiple sports Currently, you guys have 52 graduates competing in collegiate sports in 2022 to 2023. So what was it like going to such a talented athletic high school? It was great. It was a great time just knowing, like, the kid next to you, there's a chance he's going D1. Um, there's just It felt like there was D1 kids walking all over campus for whatever sport they played. Um, our women's basketball team was great. We had a documentary crew around campus my senior year filming all the girls' basketball players. Uh, our whole girls basketball teams do one. Um, it's really great just having a, such a good group of athletes around you because you feel like 
with everyone when everyone has the same common interests as you you feel like you can really grow as a person and I feel like there I was able to grow best as a person um athletically academically and just socially and I feel like I feel like country day really did put me in the best position for life uh I feel like it really prepared me for college um obviously academically but also athletically I felt like it wasn't a huge step up coming here uh it was definitely a step up like physically but I felt like I was prepared and country day put me in that spot to be prepared Oh yeah, no question about that. What was the talent pool like for your soccer team? It was good. We had we had a few D1 kids and you'll see like in high school D1 kids aren't as common cuz a lot of them stay and play in the MLS academies. Um but we did have a few with D1 kids. One of my closest friends was in the grade above me. He's playing at Northeastern right now, one of the better players I've played with. Uh I mean, my freshman year we had like four D1 kids. It's just it's good cuz when you're playing or the more D1 kids you play around, the better you're going to get. They they play at a different intensity in practice and in game um and it just makes you a better player all around so it was really great being surrounded by a lot of d1 players all throughout high school yeah no question about it so you also played club you played in the ecnl for what team i played for delmar sharks in ecnl okay so explain what the ecnl is beat soccer. Yeah, yeah yeah so basically in youth american soccer there's two top leagues there's the mls next league and then there's the ecnl league so mls next league includes all the mls academies and then a pool of an, a ton of other great teams that were previously in DA, which was like the top league in America. So the MLS Next team has a ton of good teams, MLS Next League. And then the ECNL League has that other half of teams. Uh, I mean, it's a super high level. Most of the kids in ECNL are going, playing college soccer. Uh, my team, out of our starting 11, I think eight or nine of us played college soccer. Uh, there were teams like our rival team, all 11 starters went D1. Uh, I mean, it was great competition. It's a great, it's, if you want to play college soccer, you have to play in UCNL or MLS next. I feel like, I feel like those two leagues give you the best chance. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be at playing soccer at Chapman without UCNL. It completely helps me and our successes in UCNL definitely helps me get here. Did UCNL give you a lot of connections or there were always just coaches out there watching? No, absolutely. I mean, just like, especially to, I mean, for UCNL to be on an UCNL team, you're going to have a good coach. If you're on an UCNL team, it was a lot of connections. So, I mean, my club coach growing up was the best coach I've ever had in my life. Uh, great guy. And he had a ton of connections with colleges. And all the coaches around you that you'll play against typically will either be a college coach or have great connections with colleges. So every time you're playing, you're getting great exposure. And, I mean, I love it. ECNL gives you the best connections you could have. MLS next and ECNL. So you took first place in the ECNL Conference Southwest region, as well as winning the Surf Cup in 2020, which is one of the biggest tournaments in the country. Describe what that experience was like. It was great. I mean, Surf Cup was unreal. Um, we shouldn't even have made it out of group. We got very, very lucky. I pulled my quad in the last group game, could barely move. We had like, we were going on a team trip to Europe that next week, so kids left early. So we had like 11, 12 kids. And somehow we made it to the semis, showed up to the semis expecting to lose. You're playing a great team, ended up going to penalties, won it somehow, and then went to the final and played another great team and ended up winning 1-2-0. Um, I mean, it was a great experience. It's definitely like my most proud club moment is winning a uh, surf cup. It was a great experience. And then winning the U-17 Southwest region was also amazing. I mean, that's so much more difficult because ECNL seasons are so long. You play from August to late November, take a break for high school, and then go February to May. And... Be, to be able to be that consistent for so long was a great it was a great feat for our team we were very very proud of that yeah most definitely it seems like something to be very proud of mm -hmm. so when did you get your recruiting process started so after football season freshman year I quit because I realized I realized soccer was my thing 
And while football, I love football. It's what I like. I grew up on football and soccer. I would never hate on football, but I realized I was better at soccer, and I realized I could go to college for soccer. So I dropped football after freshman year, and immediately after that season, I just started emailing coaches, started emailing people because I wanted to play college soccer, and I saw my friends committing, and that's all I wanted to do. So I made it my goal to be able to play college soccer immediately after my football season freshman year. For sure. So let's talk high school career. Let's talk about Coach Fly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> An absolute legend yeah. at La Jolla Country Day. Coached over 700 games, never missed a single game. Yeah, Describe what it was like playing under him, because he retired, what, after your junior year? Yeah, he retired after my junior year. So what was it like playing for him freshman through junior year in high school? It was amazing. He he was he was getting old, but he definitely had control of the team, and everyone loved it. He was, he was a very loved guy around campus. Um, freshman year on varsity, he gave me a chance and put me starting right away and I think like I'll I'll never I can never thank someone more than what he did for me there. He gave me a chance and let me run with it. He always believed in me. Uh just a super funny guy, always cracking jokes. Uh, it was very very sad when he retired, but I mean we all loved him around campus. And yeah, he's just a great overall guy, very consistent, hard working man. I I mean I hug him every time I see him to this day. He's a great guy. I love him. You got any specific stories about him? Yeah, yeah. He uh so basically, when you're talking, he was Coach Fly Shacker. We called him Fly. Um, and essentially, when you talk to him, you you get stuck in a conversation for 40, like thirty to forty five minutes. So we basically <laughs> called it getting fly trapped. Um, so basically, your goal at practice was to not get fly trapped, and you just see kids all over the field just getting trapped, and like you get caught in the corner talking to him for thirty minutes. So it was really every practice. He's a great guy, and you love talking to him. But at the same time, you don't want to talk for him, to him for too long. You get fly trapped, but. Yeah, no, I feel like that's definitely his number one story is just he would go around campus all day and just talk to kids for hours and hours. But also, I feel like that brings a great community sense to campus. And, I mean, there's really no downsides to fly. He's just funny, great guy. Yeah, amazing. So now the question is, did you ever get fly trapped? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I got fly trapped. My parents got fly trapped. My girlfriend got fly trapped. All my <laughs> friends. My girlfriend didn't even go to our school. All my friends got fly trapped. Relatives got fly tra- I mean, it was impossible. It, it, it was. He was a master at his craft. Yeah, no, he was. He, he definitely could keep you in that conversation. There was no way of getting out of it. He would just keep talking and keep bringing up new stories. But at the same time, you were smiling and laughing, getting fly trapped. It wasn't a bad time at all. He's just a funny, great guy. So there's really nothing else to it. Um, he just cared. He cared about the school, and I think that's what matters. Is like the teachers that are at our school really cared and really like wanted you to succeed and he wanted nothing more than for me to succeed I mean he was trying to help me with my college recruiting process from the minute I started playing varsity freshman year um and yeah just I mean there's really nothing bad I can say about coach Flyshacker. He was he's an inspiration to me and he's an inspiration to everyone on campus did coach fly have a good amount of connections to college coaches yeah yeah so he had he had a lot of connections to smaller d3s um I mean personally I was more doing my recruiting process through my club coach uh, he definitely reached out to try to help me, but I just felt better doing it with my club coach just because he had more connections. I felt more comfortable in that in that space. So you got your recruiting process started pretty early on, and you picked up offers from Chapman, Denison, Belmont, Willamette, and then had interest from Whittier, USD, and UCSD. Describe what it was like being recruited by mostly D3 schools, but were you trying to play at a higher level in D3? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I was... I got a lot of these offers that I got. It all came very late in my recruiting process. Um, just 
with COVID, it, it's really tough with COVID. So when it came, I finally started getting offers later in my recruiting process, and it became the choice of I needed to find the best fit for me, um, not just athletically, but also academically. I mean, my dad always told me something. He's like, you need to look at this school and think about blowing out your knee and never playing again. Would you still want to be there? Um, and that's really where Chapman came to the forefront for me with the weather, the academic, social life. It just felt like an amazing fit for me. Um, while the other offers were in more like isol- isolated places where it's I couldn't really handle the weather. I'm from San Diego. So, I mean, I needed to be 65, 70 at all times. So, while I, I liked the other places, Chapman just felt like the best fit for me. All right, I got you. So, let's move back to COVID then. How did COVID affect your overall soccer career? Oh, I mean, it changed everything for me. Um, I was playing so great before COVID. I was having a great recruiting process, talking to a lot of coaches, and then bam, COVID comes. They can't watch you play. Everything shuts down. You have super seniors staying. There's coaches that wanted you that now don't because they have these kids coming back, and especially at goalie when you can only have three to four to a team. It, it completely flipped everything. Um, there were schools that I was talking to that just fell out because with COVID, it was it was so unprecedented. No one really knew what to do, and it, it really it screwed up my recruiting process. It screwed up all my friends' recruiting processes. I have great friends of mine that I know that were on my club team growing up all throughout that aren't playing college soccer because they couldn't find a place to play. So I think really with COVID, it really messed up everyone's recruiting process, but I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I had a great time during COVID as well. How did that affect your ECNL season? Canceled. Canceled. Yeah, I mean, we were supposed to. So, COVID hit late March, and we were doing amazing that year. That was our, I believe that was my late U16 year. So we were doing amazing. We were supposed to make playoffs. We were ready to go for playoffs. Our team, like we were, we felt like our team was in great form. Um, and then bam, COVID hits and games were canceled for two weeks and then four weeks and then two months and before you know it all of our summer tournaments were canceled all of our recruiting opportunities were just canceled and I mean our whole ECNL season was done we didn't even get to compete for a championship so I mean it really it, it, it ruined everything did you saw the high school season that year yes I did so for in San Diego high school seasons in the winter right so my season went from November to like late February so COVID came about like half month after it ended and then by the time my season came around the next year, COVID was kind of like falling off and we, we just had to wear masks and play. So it wasn't too bad for high school. It never, didn't really affect me much in that category. I got you. You brought up the fact the recruiting process kind of messed a lot of stuff up for you, a lot of your teammates and close friends. I guess how did you fix your situation to make it the best way possible to get recruited at the level you did? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, for me, like, and something that my dad was really hard for me on was just consistency with emailing coaches, um, especially during COVID, because I feel like a lot of kids, once they realized that coaches couldn't come to see them during COVID, they kind of just stopped emailing. They're like, you know what, whatever, there's no point. But I think emailing during COVID is definitely something that helped me. Um, I think coaches really appreciated that you were reaching out. And while they couldn't come to see you play, you could at least stay on your radar. Um, I think consistency is just a huge thing with college coaches, um, especially here, like, for example, I emailed this coach my freshman year, or sorry, my junior year. Didn't didn't get a response. Uh, was like, okay, whatever. I guess there's nothing I can really do. Emailed him back midway through, right after my football season senior year, and I was kind of like, hey, look, like I need an opportunity. I think like please take a look at my highlight tape. He took a look, got me out on two visits, and before you know it, I was committed here. So it's really just about persistency and following up with coaches because half the time they just won't even see your email. They're getting hundreds of emails right. a day from 
recruit like from student athletes. So it's really just about consistency and getting up to the top of that e- coach's email list. For sure. How competitive would you say it is at the Division three level being a goalie? Extremely competitive. Like you, something I realized very quickly when I got here is like everyone that got here, they played all of high school and all like club led up to this point. Like this is what you worked for. Like this is what like all those like early mornings and annoying workouts before is to get to college. So when you get to that stage, everyone's like going as hard as they can. No one's taking anything for granted. Like every single practice is full intensity, two hours every day. So you have to be on your A game every day if you want to see the field in college. As simple as that. Like you can't have bad days. So, I mean, when people make mistakes, it's frustrating. Kids are yelling at each other in practices. Everything is just so much more intense in D3 and college just in general. Everything's so much more intense because that's all you've worked for your whole high school experience. You want to play college. That's like the dream. So once you get there, you just have to go as hard as you can. That's the biggest difference I noticed. Of course. So how long did it take from you getting the email response from the Chapman coach after your football season to when you committed? Yeah, so I got my response. So we did well in playoffs my senior year of football. Uh, we made it to CIF quarters. So our season ended Our season ended in mid-November. Um, a week after, I was sitting in the library doing homework and kind of getting impatient about this recruiting process. I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I have some offers. But I don't have the offers I want, so I'll just try emailing him. Emailed him late November. Got a response 10 minutes later somehow. Just caught him on his computer. Um, we were going back and forth for a few days. Got out on my visit late December, like December 20th to 21st. Got to meet coach, walk around campus. And then I took another visit February, early February. That's when I got to meet all the players, hang out with the players, like kind of see what the team was really like. And I committed the day I was on that visit. I mean, I knew immediately, like, these were the boys. Everyone, like, it was different than other visits. It was a different feeling, a different, like, camaraderie within the team. It was just the team. The thing that I love about soccer is the team chemistry and how close you can get with your team and the bonds you can make. And this team is the closest I've seen it. Like, I thought my club team was the closest team ever growing up. Once I saw this team, I realized, like, this is something that I want to be a part of. It's a brotherhood, and, like, there's nothing better than Chapman Men's Soccer. Once right. I committed, I realized that. It's something that's bigger than the program, Absolutely. For sure. I mean, you're playing for something bigger. You just want to – because you, you want to win for the school. You want to win for everyone. It just means right. more. Where else did you take visits? So, I took visits at Denison in Ohio. Um, I went to Belmont in Tennessee. I went to – I was about to go to Willamette, and that got canceled because of COVID. And then I took a few other visits to schools, but nothing really panned out the way I wanted to just because of COVID. And I don't know. There just wasn't – with COVID, there wasn't a lot of opportunities, especially with goalies because they carry extra goalies on their roster. Kids are staying for extra years. So it was was tough to find a spot, to be honest. It was. So obviously with Chapman, location, weather. Yeah, absolutely. Accessibility. Chapman was probably your best offer, right? I'm uh, assuming. Yeah. I no, mean, qu- no question about I, like, it. I had a D1, but when I went there, it was 19 degrees. It wasn't really a debate for me. What school was that? Uh, Belmont. Oh, so oh, I didn't know Belmont was yeah, D1. Yeah, so I was like, there's. it really wasn't a question for me because Chapman, when I got on campus, I knew, I'm like, wow, like this place. This is it. Like I'm an hour, 15 minutes from my parents, so I can see my parents. They can come see me in my games, which is like something they've always been to. They love going to my games. So my parents can come to my games. Like I I've, I have friends that go here already. The weather's amazing. The campus is like unreal beautiful. Uh, dorms are nice. Cast's great. There's really nothing, no downside. I love like the f- athletic facilities are amazing. So immediately I just knew I knew Chapman was the fit for me, and I never really looked back. I never never really regretted my decision. Never really had any doubts about it. Once I committed, I knew I was locked in, and I was excited. 
who'd you say was your biggest help with getting your offer to Chapman? Your club coach, right? Yeah, I'd say my club coach, absolutely. Um, well, when I emailed coach, uh, he responded. He liked my highlight tape, but he said he wanted to call my coach, kind of see like what kind of player I was. And he called my coach, and my club coach put in a great word for me uh, so that by the time I stepped on campus, coach was like, look, like, I talked to your coach. Like, I know how good you are. I know what you can do. I want you here. So I think just having, like, the backup and, like, knowing that my club coach had me was the biggest thing for me. And, like, he's legitimately one of my biggest role models in the world. Like, I would do anything for my club coach. How important is it that these coaches put in a good word for you when they make these calls with coaches? So important because a lot of club coaches have a good status and have a good reputation. And when a college coach hears from this club coach, like, hey, this is a great player, they're going to take their word for it. And Coach Carrillo here took my coach's word for it. And, I mean, it's the biggest thing to have for your coach to have your back. There's nothing better than that. Like, it helps you in the college recruiting process, and it just helps with your confidence in games knowing that, like, you can make a mistake because, like, your coach will understand and like help you criticize you in a way to get better constructive criticism and all that. Um, so yeah, no, having, having the support of my club coach all throughout club was best thing I could ask for. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. So going into your senior year, coach fly retires. Yeah. You bring in the new coach. What was that change like for you? And did that have any effect on your recruiting? Yeah, no. So to be honest, I mean, when I heard Fly was leaving, I mean, like, it definitely hurt me. Fly was, I was very, very close with him. Um, and I wasn't looking forward to the new coach. Like, I was just like, I didn't know him. So I was like, oh, God, like, here we go. Here, here's a crappy new coach. It's going to ruin everything. And then the coach came in, and he literally was one of the best guys I could ever ask for. He let me do, like, what I wanted to do in my senior year. He let me play how I wanted to play. And, I mean, he was such a great coach to me. Uh, by that time... I was it was winter of senior year, so I was already talking to Chapman, so I didn't need much help from him recruiting wise. But he did try to help me. Like he he got me talking to coaches on D three East Coast, D three East Coast schools. Um no, I mean I have nothing against him. He's literally like another one of my role models as well. I, I've been very close with all my coaches and he's right there with the best. He's Coach Pritchin was like he's such a role model. I I would be in his room three hours a day just hanging out with him, talking to him, so I had a great relationship with both my high school coaches. So would you say relationships with your coaches is one of the most important things when it comes to athletes who want to be able to play in college? Absolutely. I mean, I think you just you want to have a great relationship with your coach as simple as that. Growing up playing sports, if you have a great relationship with your coach, they're going to play you. Like simple as that. Or they're going to at least give you an opportunity. So it's what you do with that opportunity. And growing up, like I had great relationships with my coaches and my coaches really trusted me. And I feel like that allowed me to become the player that I became. Um just knowing that my coaches had confidence in me and that like I could do whatever I wanted to do on the field. Yeah, it was it's great. I mean, just having your coach's confidence is everything and anything. It me it means the world. Yeah, most definitely. So let's fast forward to Chapman. You come in, freshman goalie, you have three seniors yeah. ahead of you, right? Describe what that first practice was like. <laughs> yeah, so we came in on Friday. We had our meetings with coach from three to six. Um, just kind of talking about the season, what's to come in the season. And then from six to eight, we moved into our dorms. Uh, we moved into our dorms and then all the freshman boys, we hung out, had a great time. And then Saturday morning at 6 a.m., we had a fitness test. So we <sighs> woke up like 5.30, got there early, had the fitness test. and then was like, the fitness test? It was, so it was a beep test. That day it was a beep test, 40-yard dash, shuttle, 
it was those three, which it wasn't, that's not the best, that's not the worst day, the next day is the worst day, so we did that for the first practice, go back to your dorm, kind of sleep, and then you had another practice at 1 p.m. that day, which that was just like a normal practice, no fitness or anything, um, I mean, it was tough, I, I got, it was a quick wake-up call, I was like, dang, like, these kids are good, like, this isn't club anymore, these kids are bigger, stronger, faster, it's like you're playing three or four age groups up in your sport, because you technically are, these kids are all juniors and seniors in college, um, so yeah, I did well in that f- first practice, and then the Sunday comes, and we have another 6 a.m. fitness test, and me and my roommate, who's on the soccer team as well, we wake up at 6.55 to our, like, with no alarm, we were an hour late to practice, we show up to practice, Co- we go up to coach, we're like, we're sorry, coach, like, we completely, we screwed up, we didn't, we slept through our alarm, and he's like, just go home, like, you're out, like, go home, come back later today, so came back later today, did that practice. And the fitness test that we ended up missing was the Cooper, which is two miles in 12 minutes. And that we had to do, we had to make it up the next morning, the Monday morning. And it was the worst thing I've ever done. I, I ran it. I got through the finish line and threw up all over the track for like three to four minutes. I mean, <laughs> it was, it, and that was like, that was kind of my welcome to college moment. I was like, dang, like, this isn't going to be like, this isn't going to be this a walk in the park. This isn't time to fuck around. Like, no, like, I like, I'm here to like, I need to work and like, I need to become like the best athlete I can possibly become. And like, Throwing up on after the Coopers, not it doesn't look good to the coach. Like it doesn't look good to anyone. It just kind of shows that like you're weak in a way, and that's not something I wanted. So, yeah, no, it was it was really a wake up call when I got into college. I'll tell you that. I was Defi- def- you definitely hold that with you now. Yeah, like, oh, every no, workout. 100. I think about that. I'm like, when I make a play, like, and coach is like, "Good job." I'm like, nah, like I know in the back of his head, he's thinking about that Cooper. So, I really kind of just, I tr- I try to just keep improving each day, especially when you start out like that in college. It's kind of like the nightmare start for any college athlete, but yeah, it happens. What was the change like from high school or club to college? Oh, I mean, so the biggest change and me and all the freshmen talk about this is like, we think the passing and like the style of play, like everyone passes and moves. We think everyone in club passes great. It's not about that. It's about the physical aspect of it. So when you step up into college and every kid is much bigger than you, it, it's so much more difficult. Each kid, you feel, like I said earlier, you feel like you're playing three to four age groups up. So, I mean, it's kind of just comes with that. Like, you're not going to, you're definitely going to have to get better at passing and shooting and stuff like that. But I feel like the biggest aspect, like, for me, I feel like the best way for a freshman to play in college is to be phys- good physically and fit. It's like the two things. If you're good physically and fit, you'll play. And I think it's simple as that. Like, that's the biggest gap is the physical and fitness aspect of it. It's It's everything's everyone's bigger faster stronger and there's they'll body you they'll shove you off the ball like kids that you wouldn't expect would do in club things like that right like even in high school if you're a freshman playing varsity like you're still playing like at the oldest like an 18 year old yeah, kid. yeah when you're in college you play these guys who are you know 22 23 like these aren't kids these are grown-ass men no you we're playing grown-ass men like my the starting goalie was 23 i think he was 24 by was the he a fifth year yeah yeah so he he came in of the spring of his freshman year he transferred in so he played that spring and then played four years after that and then got another year because of COVID. Oh, my. So by the time wild. I was in there, I was 18 playing against a 23-year-old. It was like, dang. Like, and this kid's passing the fitness test, showing up on time, and I'm late, throwing up all over the track. It was not It was not a good look to start the season, I'll tell you that. You guys obviously had a very successful year. Won the Skyac in an absolute thriller. Yeah. Describe what that Skyac championship was like. That was gave me chills, like. I mean, I, I was on the bench for it, but just, like, seeing it, it was, like, wow, like, that is unreal. It was one of the craziest – it was probably the craziest play I've seen in, like, soccer 
in front of my eyes in my whole life. And I just like, for the audience, describe what the play was. So basically, from our conference, you have to win your conference tournament essentially to make the NCAA tournament because there's not a ton of D three teams out here on the West Coast. So it was the conference tournament championship. We were the one seed. We were hosting it, and we played Occidental. Occidental came in. Occidental is great. We played them. We tied them both times this year. They're a great team. Um, they come in. It's good game. Back and forth all game. Zero zero. No one scores. We go to overtime. We're in double overtime. Twenty seconds left. A kid on our team, our left back, plays in a ball to the middle of the box. It gets cleared out. Um, like one of our midfielders plays it back in, and our center backs in the box, and he does a bicycle kick and puts it in the bottom left corner. Twenty seconds left. I mean, one of the most unreal things I've ever seen. We're all storming the field. The stadium's going crazy. It was pretty packed that game. No, it was unreal. It was, you could hear it. And Chapman Stadium is not big. It's a really nice stadium. It is not big. You could hear that from anywhere in Orange. Oh, it had to it be. It was I mean, that yeah. loud. It had to be the loudest D3 soccer game of the year, no question. I mean, it, they, it was unreal. Like, the, the support for that game was crazy. Um, all the athletics teams were out there. All the frats were out there. It was, it was a pat. Like, the stadium was packed, and it was, it was a great time. It was, it was just a really fun thing to be a part of. It was unreal. I still get chills about it to this day. What was the feeling like when that final buzzer sounds? Storm in the field. Just, like, amazing. Just, like, so hyped for the boys. So excited for the kids that played the whole game and the kids that, like, are on the floor on our team that, like, can't even breathe because they just played 110 minutes straight. Um, Just so excited, especially for the seniors because we had a big class of seniors. We had 14 seniors. So every every kid there, just being able to see them make the tournament because it's, it's a big deal to make the NCAA tournament. It's tough making the tournament out here. So just getting to see how happy they were and how happy the whole team was, it was just a great time. And like, especially when you're so close with your team, like all you want is for everyone to succeed. And like seeing your boys succeed is like the best thing in the world. And right there at that moment, it was amazing seeing everyone just being so happy and succeeding like that. It was it was crazy. It was unreal. How talented is the sky for soccer? It's good. It was good. It was really good. It was good last year. It was very, there, very good last year. The competition year. There was, was there. There was so last year there was a good amount of good teams. There was. So Claremont McKenna was very very good. They really? they beat us four zero. They Damn. they slapped us up. But uh, their season got canceled. They had a they had an incident. So I don't think I'm allowed to talk about that. But yeah, they, they had an incident and their season basically they forfeit their season. So we didn't that loss didn't count. And then we went undefeated in league. Besides that, but there was Claremont McKenna. Occidental was great. They're always a pain to play. Um, Redlands is a pain to play. We went out there. We yeah, that yeah, Redlands is great. Um, just it's it's a very consistent league. I feel like there's definitely the bottom half of the league, but the top teams in the league, like there's like five or six teams where like you you don't know the result coming in, like you have no idea. Like these teams are very close or equal to you. So I found it very competitive. It was a great league, great level of soccer in my opinion. Would you say a lot of the guys who play in the sky have the talent to play at the D one level for sure? Or would oh, you say uh, absolutely. Like there was <laughs> there was there was some kids in the conference who were like you're like these kids should not be playing here. Like, <laughs> these kids should not. Like, there was a kid from Redlands. Uh, I think his name was Ethan. He was number 11 for Redlands. And this kid just tore us up. Senior, just, I mean, he could, There was, I felt like there were points where he could have dribbled through the whole team if he wanted to. Um, there were some kids from Occidental who were amazing. Uh, just Redlands. Redlands had the two or three kids that I thought could have played D1. Uh, I felt like we definitely had a few kids who could have played D1. Our best player, Seabass, he easily could have played D1. I mean, there's definitely D1 players all throughout the conference. So now you guys win the Skyac. You go to Texas for the Division Three tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that experience like? Best, 
most fun trip I've ever had. I mean, it's you get to go to Texas with 35 of your best friends. I mean, it's really it's, it's exactly how it sounds. It was a great time. We uh, went to the middle of nowhere. We had to fly into Austin and then drive an hour and a half north into this town called Belton, which, I mean, there was nothing to do there. Um, it was a great time. You just hung out with the boys, practice, get ready for the game, and then went out, played our game. We played a great game, but we played a team that was just unreal from Houston. Uh, we played St. Thomas out of Houston, and they we lost 2-1, but they were just unreal. I mean, they, they every single kid on their team was from Houston, and it was kids that just played up growing, that grew up playing club together. So when we got there, they just they they blew us out the water. But we we definitely we lost two one. It was still a close game. Like we played well. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely a great trip. The team the team got so much closer on that trip. Just being able to like be in the hotel room, like all of us hanging out in the hotel rooms together, like it just felt like club again. It felt like being young in the hotel room with all your teammates growing up on team trips. It was a great time. I love Texas. What was what's your biggest takeaway from your freshman year? Oh, definitely is that is you need to find a way to balance your academics and athletics. Um, college soccer is a lot, and I feel like any college sport's a lot, at whether no matter what level it's at, D1, D3, D2, NAIA. Um, so really just finding a way. Like, we have three-hour practices every day, and we have other team stuff involved in that. So while doing all that, it's hard to find time to do your schoolwork So you, with classes as well. So for me, like, I, I came in with a very good mindset about my grades um, and just tried to stay as focused as I could. I, I did find this semester, and I ended up, like, having a good GPA, but like I realized if I didn't manage my time well, there's kids on the team who don't have good GPAs because it's very, very hard to manage your time. So right. I would say like my biggest takeaway is just find a way to balance academics and athletics because like, well, you you did come here for soccer, but a- academics are way more important. Like Academics come first. Academics is like what sets you up for the rest of your life. Of course. So just trying to find a way to balance them and o- also always keep academics first because that's the most important thing especially at the division three level where you're not getting any athletic scholarships Absolutely. your scholarship money is all based on merit what is in your opinion the biggest misconception about division three athletes i think the biggest misconception is that like is the level of play for sure at least for men's soccer especially um d3 men's soccer is a very very high level of play uh there's teams there's d2 teams that we would beat there's d1 teams that i feel like I feel like we compete with a lot of low D1 teams. Um, and it's just, I think it's definitely the level of play. Like, I think there's a lot of kids in the recruiting process who are kind of scared of like, oh, I don't want to go D3. Like, I, w- I want D1. Like, all these kids want that D1 route. But I think sometimes you need to accept that D3 is still a crazy high level of play. And on top of that, you're going to get a better education than you might at a certain D1 school. So I think the, I think it's definitely just the level of play. It's the biggest misconception because, yeah, I think, think people just think it's a lower level of play than it actually is. What is your biggest piece of advice you would offer to any soccer player looking to play in college, more specifically at the Division three level? Just go and fit, and fit and be physical. If you're, if you're a freshman and you come in and you're bodying kids off the ball and you're passing all the fitness tests, there's, no, there's, there's a very little chance you don't play. If you want to play as a freshman, the quickest way to playing is being fit, passing all the fitness tests, and being physical right off the bat and show that you can play with that level of play. It's simple as that. I mean, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like coming in, the kids that the the freshmen for us that played the most were the kids that were the most fit from the beginning and the most physical from the beginning. A hundred percent. No doubt about it for sure. So who is your biggest inspiration in sports? My parents, absolutely. Um growing up, my dad my mom and dad were the biggest supporters. Um like I wouldn't trade them for the world. They've they've been at every game since I've been young and if they miss one, it's very rare and they like are very, very upset about it. Um 
So it's definitely my parents. They're they're there for me athletically. They're there for me academically. They're there for me socially. I mean, my parents are there for me in every walk of life, and I look up to them so much. And just kind of, my dad, his dad passed away when he was three, so he's kind of made it his goal to be the best possible dad he can be for me, since his dad wasn't there for him. And he's done everything. He succeeded on like absurd. Like he's the best dad in the world. My mom is the best mom in the world, and like. They are such great role models to look after as they've done so well with their life. And I mean, every day I wake up and I'm like, damn, like, thank God these are my parents. Like, I really love these people. Like, they're they're the best parents in the world and they're definitely my two role models without a doubt. For sure. Without hesitation. No question. So you're a business major at Chapman. What are you looking forward to when you're done playing soccer here? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I love soccer. Don't get me wrong. Soccer's it's it's like my passion I love playing soccer but at the same time I know like soccer isn't what I want to do with my life it's not what I want to do after I want to I want to be in I want to be in sports 100% but I don't want to be on the athletics I want to be on in the like behind the scenes part of sports I want to be I want to be a sports agent and hopefully the Chapman Business School can put me in the best possible decision uh position to do that and I think right now it's working great yeah, of course. We have a great business school here, here at Chapman, so. Absolutely. Obviously, I wish you the best on your route. With that being said, this concludes our episode. Alex, man, thank you so much for giving great insight, great stories. Appreciate you being on here. Alex, end us out. I'm Alex Glenn. This is the locker room where sports unite us and story inspires. Thank you. <laughs>